what an unbelievable random day in August for the NFL. I mean, this has been absolutely crazy from the Deshaun Watson suspension, the ruling for that. Yes, coming coming yesterday, and my the Miami Dolphins with this huge just crapshoot. My name is Adam Wright with Justin Tucker, CJ Madero, special guest Sean Howe with us. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. Sean, you've been on our show quite a few times before, but not for a while. So, Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Why don't you introduce yourself to some of our new listeners here? All right. Well, my name is Sean. Uh, I'm a student at Bridgewater, huge Dolphins fan for those who don't know. So mm. kind of rhyme a reason to the news today is why I'm on. You're a Ravens fan. Why are you talking? <laughs> anyways, uh, Super Bowl. All right. anyways <laughs> I, I appreciate you guys bringing me on the minus Justin. Um, but yeah, so I'm happy to be back. All right, guys. Well, we have a lot to talk about. This is probably the most we've had to talk about in one episode all summer long. We've had to plan all of our episodes to give you guys some content and sort of be able to preview this upcoming season. So this is the last one. We're going to do some NFL honors predictions. And this would be our first segment, but with everything going on, we have that's like number three. So we're going to start. Uh, we're going to get to Deshaun Watson and his six-game suspension. We're going to reflect on that. But first, the Miami Dolphins have been found guilty of not only tampering with two significant figures in the NFL, but also tanking. So Brian Flores, earlier on in the earlier on, just a few months ago after he was fired, he came out and he he accused the Miami Dolphins during his time of being told to tank some of some games that he was playing. And he said he declined, which we don't, I mean, we don't know. He could have actually done it. Um, but he, he declined, he said, but he went out and they, and as a result, they launched an investigation. And what they found is not only that this was true. So he, they were tanking games, but it turns out that they were tampering. So they were, they were, uh, they were having impermissible, they said, conversation with not only Tom Brady while he was on under contract with two different teams, but also with Sean Payton right after he retired, but he was still technically under contract with the Saints, so it wasn't allowed. So they got, they didn't get the permission from any of these teams. So Tom Brady, they spoke with him during the 2019 to 2020 season while he was under contract with the New England Patriots. They also spoke with him after his 2021 season. And they spoke to Sean Payton after the 2021 season then. So I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a big time rule. There was a big time rumor going around and a lot of people didn't believe it. Some people did, and we didn't know what was going on, but we thought it was really crazy that Sean Payton and Tom Brady were both going to come out of retirement to play for the Miami Dolphins. Well, Sean Payton would coach Tom Brady would play obviously, but looking at that, does this doesn't this kind of doesn't this kind of almost prove that that was going to happen that this almost happened it wasn't just some crazy rumor or some conspiracy theory this almost happened but th we th there's there's that potential thought but I just want to get your thoughts on that we'll start with Sean the Dolphins fan and that may or may not be why you're on the show but <laughs> let's get your thoughts on it Sean what's going through your head right now. 
so I mean, you can't defend the actions that happened to prove it happened. You know, as, you know, as a fan, it's kind of like you look at it and go, really? But other teams have been there. I mean, let's look at the Cowboys and uh, uh, Jerry. Let's look at the Patriots with Robert uh, Kraft. Like, every team's been through it. But the, the thing I took away from it most is, yeah, we're going to lose our draft picks. We're going to, you know, the owner's been suspended six years. But at the end of the day, I'm putting out the same 54-man roster, the same coaching staff, week one to week six. Yeah, and, and, and another thing to here. another thing to point out, um, the so they were also punished really severely. So, um, th- this this is another part: loss of a 2023 first round pick, loss of a 2024 third round pick. As you mentioned, their owner suspension. They're also fined one and a half million dollars. Uh, sorry to cut you off, Sean, but I just wanted I just needed to. That's a big big detail to add in there. But uh, but yeah, big time. Big time punishment. Continue. No, I mean losing the picks definitely hurts because that's something that every team needs every year. But as far as this year goes, the potential we have week one to week six is still the same because the people actually going out on the field, coaching and players, like is the same. So it's really like a long term effect yeah. where it's something that it's gonna have to be sat on. We're gonna have to see what comes of it next year. You know, who we could have gotten with that pick and who we end up losing out on, how that affects us there. But as far as this season, it really is a minuscule punishment to us because yeah, the owner's punished and uh what was it, the general manager is punished. But it's like to us, it's like it really doesn't affect what I'm gonna see on my TV screen come week one. So the yeah. potential's still there as far as I see it. What? Talk sounds like you have some thoughts. First off, uh, I didn't. I wasn't fully aware until I read uh, the reports about the Miami Dolphins. Shame that they have to stoop this low to actually be competitive in a solid, but not all that talented division. Outside of the Bills, I felt like the Dolphins were the second best team in that division, and I thought they had a chance to make the playoffs. But then when you look at the amount of scheming they did just to get one guy on their team, still couldn't manage to do that had to hire their coach to lose games and grant him $100,000 per game he lost, which is why I think they lost uh, seven straight games, which is unbelievable to say the least. They were trying to lose games at that point and then fired their coach when he realized he didn't want to actually lose games. And then the statement that came out afterwards defending his innocence is almost laughable to me. But at the same time, when I see Sean defend his team, I I respect it. But at the same time, it's just a bad look for the Dolphins overall. I think they'll still have the same team going forward, but a loss of a first-round pick can be detrimental depending on where they finish. If it's like a late first-round pick, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But if they tank, then, yeah, it's going to be a problem. All right. CJ? I... I, I agree with Sean when he says it's going to be a, a late-term issue. Because uh, think about it this way. Tua Tagovailoa is unproven. We know it. We've spoken about it. And though he has no reason not to suck this year, let's just say worst comes to worst and he finds a way to do so. And the Dolphins say, all right, buddy, we're giving you the heave-ho. So, so, so then what? You know, you, you can't draft a guy. There's probably not going to be anyone in free agency. So, like, so this basically says to me, you better hope Tua pans out. Because if he doesn't, you might actually literally be saddled with him for another year. Mm-hmm. One and, other thing. Hang on. Uh, so, sorry, CJ. You, you continue. 
I thought I thought you were done because you made a you made a long pause, but we'll we'll address the comment that we just got. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Keep going. Oh, uh, no, never mind. I was just gonna say, like, as for the owner, like, I just, you know, how I feel about tanking, and part of me thinks like I would like to see more punishments like this because we all know tanking happens in the NFL, tampering happens, but it's just hasn't been like this blatant and frankly if the nfl really wants to see a cut down on that you have to start doling out more punishments like this yeah um so we got a comment from jeff medeiros saying does this explain why the pats beat the dolphins big time 30 30 he said 30 something and i think he put an n there uh, on accident small typo 30 something to zero in first game, and we lost 27-24 at the end of the season and missed out on a bye game. And he said, hmm. Is he talking about Is he talking last about season? No, 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 because we, we got swept by the Dolphins last year. Unless yeah. you're talking about – I think like, he's talking about the year prior because that's oh, when oh, – Oh, yeah, the year prior. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was the year prior where we went in um, the last week and we were down and we ended up coming back and winning. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'd have I, to look back at game film, but – I, I don't remember. I don't remember it looking blatantly obvious. I thought it was just a good showing by Cam Newton. I don't know. I mean, it is possible, but it really just depends on how deep this rabbit hole goes. It yeah, means no deep apparently. Yeah, it. Uh, I. I don't know, but it's. I mean, this is all going back. Like a lot of this stuff goes back with the Patriots in 2019. So. For, the, for them to turn around, to go and say that this could stretch into 2020, the 2020 season on opening day is not out of the realm of possibility. Um, but looking at, I mean, the, the biggest thing I thought of, because I, when I was here, I was working out in my basement. I was lifting some weights and I got a, I got a tweet. I got a Twitter notification by, I believe, Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, one of the, J- Jeremy Fowler, one of the, one of the uh, insiders from the NFL saying the Dolphins just got have to have to surrender to the league a first round and a third round pick, and that ro- and I, I, that rose my eyebrows because I'm like, wait a second, I know they were accused of tanking, and if it's found, if it was found true, then yeah, they they should definitely get suspended. But I was like, that's a little, it's a little harsh for just that. Mm-hmm. And then I then I saw some more information saying. That they were they were tampering with the likes of Tom Brady while he was retired and while he was on the on the uh, on the on the on the Patriots, but he was all he was also they were also talking to Sean Payton when he was in retirement. So, like the, like I said, that big rumor that was going around saying that you know that they that there was also almost a the. Uh, uh, Sean Payton and Tom Brady uniting in Miami to join that super team that they that they have going. That w- that's that's significant. If that that almost happened, and another thing to look at, Tom Brady's contract is up after this season. So if he decides he doesn't want to retire, and he also decides he he doesn't want to be a 49er anymore, he could go there. That you is need a, a buccaneer. 
He can, no, like as in he can he can go to the Miami oh, Dolphins oh, if see, he, after this season now because he do, his contract is up now. I believe I, I think his season's his his career's most likely over after this year. Mm-hmm. But if this almost happened and it fell it fell through, he got frustrated, decided to go to go to the Buccaneers. If you look at it that way, it almost looks like he's only doing that because he that's the only the only way he can stay in the league. So he would have to play out his contract and then he would have to say, okay, I want to go to Miami and then go, go to them. And now they're doing it legally. And then Sean Payton goes in, comes in and he goes and says, okay, I'm coming out of retirement. I'd like to play, be a Miami dolphin. Also being the year where this is as CJ likes to say, the put up or shut up year for Tua Tungo Vailoa. So if this is a shut up type year for Tua Tungo Vailoa, then he's out. Tom Brady in. I'm just I'm just thinking out loud here because this all just happened just now. But this is this is all. I mean, it, it connects in such a weird way, doesn't it? Just just let Tom Brady collect his AARP checks when he retires. Just let's just get this over with, please. I'm sick and tired of wondering what he'll do next. Just retire and call it a career, Tom, please. Because if like you go the, to Miami, it's up for you. I'm not even you, you know he's turning. He's starting to turn into the LeBron James of the NBA, or excuse me, of the MLB, or jeez, the NFL. Like that's that's already what he's doing. He hopped over to the Buccaneers. He's becoming like the GM around there. Like, would it really shock you if he decided he he's going to blow off retirement again to go to a new team? Yes. I'm just playing around would, the po- with the possibility. I'm not saying I would call him Brett Favre. I would call him Brett Favre if he continues this behavior. Let him retire one more time and then say, "I want to play for another team." I will call. That's him kind Brett of what Favre. he's becoming, isn't it? That's disgusting. Kind of, late in his career, he's become he is becoming a Brett Favre, and that's not a compliment by me. And I I am the the most Tom Brady worshiper you'll ever see. He is kind of becoming a little bit of a diva here. And I wouldn't rule yeah. out the possibility of him doing this. I really wouldn't. I don't now. I don't think I, 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 I'd like to believe that he's going to hang it up after this year, but don't rule it out. I'm, I'm going to rule it out. And, you know, for him to finally ride off into the sunset and hopefully in five or six years being Canton. But again, one can only, you know, hope. And, you know, listen, when I said that he was, he, that, I believe he could come out of retirement after after the after he initially retired. Now I didn't think it was going to be this soon, but I said there was a possibility. And you also said then said this man needs to collect his AARP cards. Just let him stay yeah. retired. Mm-hmm. He came right out of retirement. Yeah, I get. So he, if he's, Brady probably he, heard you. If he's he willing to come out of retirement you. that quickly. If he's willing to come out of retirement that quickly, do you really think that? Do you, do you really think that? Do you really rule out, rule out the possibility that he could actually, you know, actually, you know, continue his career after the season? Yes, I swear to you, Giselle was like, "Enough is enough, Tom. Raise oh, these yeah, kids with true. me." Mm-hmm. And he's basically come saying, "F now. them kids." Dang I right. mean, he showed up to the house one day, raised his kids, and said, "I've had enough of this. I can't deal with these kids anymore. Let me go back to the league." I'd rather exactly. go to the training camp than these kids. Exactly. That is ridiculous. But if he believes I mean, it's a, play, it is what it is. Is the thought that he's just trying to get back to the place he can't get back to? You know, prime time Tom Brady. 
Like you say, just the thought of like maybe he's like, ah, if I give it one more year, I'll get there. No, 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 next year I'll get there. No, no, no. Like he's he's, he's going to keep trying until he finally gets back and he gets that final Super Bowl ring, and then he'll finally go you know, take a step back and go maybe maybe that's enough. Yeah, but if that were the case, he would have retired after the 2020 season because he can't. He went to a new team and he won a Super Bowl. At that point, if you retire, know, you hang him up and then you're good right there. But, but maybe he thought he was back in his prime and he thought he was good. He was going to go win three in a row or something like that. And now he realizes, oh, maybe I won't. But maybe he's going to keep going until he tries to get one more at least. If he will, know, nobody man. knows. Hopefully he doesn't. He could also just want to play till he's – he could also also just want to play till he sucks. Like just straight up just he'll, – he'll hop from super team to super team like the LeBron James. <laughs> oh, no, he's no, he's no, going no, to no, 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 continue to – I'm, what? No, I'm not letting that slide. I'm, Miami's I'm not, not a super team. team. I was gonna say he just called. Way. He just he just called Miami a super team. I just wanted to, like, no, somebody no, to point that out. Like, I'm not letting the Miami a super team thing slide. I'm not letting the Le- LeBron comment slide. Let's keep this straight to football because LeBron makes you a super team. He doesn't go to a super team. Let's get yes, to- he has. Who? Uh, Miami, they they had Wade and he brought Bosch with him. Like they were LeBron, they were... literally just goes from team to team, boots out their players, sets his roots in, and he uh, brings in all of his buddies. I mean, look, what I mean, we've seen it before. Whenever it gets hard, he just leaves. Okay, I'm gonna put it to you guys like this, since it's clear that people have this weird fatuation with LeBron and super teams. Okay. When he when he comes, he brings you championships. When he leaves, you're a lottery team. That's just the LeBron James effect. I don't understand why we have. Are, are, are we really just going to ignore the right. complete roster overhaul? He so let, let's di- let's digress a little here. Let's digress a little here. We'll talk about because this because we're not because this is this is an NFL podcast, not a not a LeBron James podcast. I'm just I'm just comparing it in terms of in terms of the attitude, in terms of his men, his new mentality as he gets older. He wants mm-hmm. to. It, it appears, and this is this is just my belief. That he hops from he's he wants to hop from team to team, wherever he has the best chance of of playing the best that he possibly can, in order to stay in the league and to stay relevant. So he is a he is now a Buccaneer. He looked at that team and he said, "That's a team where I can I can I can be in contention for years, and then whenever they're out, I le- I go to the next team. That next team could be the Miami Dolphins. They have some pieces on offense. They have a defense." They have a good offensive line, and they have a quarterback who is the jury is the jury is out, and it's louder than ever. If Tua Tungavailoa doesn't work out, and Tom Brady's contract is up, and he decides I want to play another year, Miami might be on the top of that list. I don't, I don't know if I want him on the top of I my list. Mm-hmm. I hope this isn't true. Tom Brady, please don't come back after this season. I agree. He goes to Miami. Yeah, I agree. I'm right there with you guys. I agree. I wouldn't want this either. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, this is a, this is all theorizing. It's just what could be because Tom Brady seemed to want Miami and Miami seemed to want Tom. And I want him to retire at age 45 too. I want him to ride off in the sunset, win a ring here, and then he retires. And that's, then that's not enough. And then two rings would not be enough for him to retire as a buck and as partially a buccaneer. It would be, because he won six and six in New England, he would retire mostly as a as a New England Patriot. That's what mm-hmm. what I what I would want is him just. It's bad enough that he let that he left the Patriots. Don't go to another team. That's what I, that's what I would want. Have some success. Show that you're show that your success and that 
that that you had was legit, and then then call it quits, because he's making the Patriots look look worse and worse. Any any final thoughts, y'all? Because I I've made my thoughts pretty clear on this. You know, like I don't I don't know at this point. Are there any other angles to look at to look at this? Because there there are a lot there there is a lot to it. There was the there was the tanking, and there was also Sean Payton, which kind of ties it ties into Tom Brady. So I think I think we covered this pretty fairly, but it's just I mean the whole thing was a conspiracy theory to start, but j- just looking at now this whole investigation it kind of legitimizes it. So I, just looking at it and how it how it shapes up going forward, it is interesting. Just a little interesting. I mean, it really just makes us own what we did. I mean, I hate to say that as a fan of the team, but that's what happens. You get to own, you know, we got caught. We got to own what we did. And we got to work with what we have. And mm-hmm. you know, Sean, you kind of brought up a, a, a good point, saying that it only hurts them really in the long term, because in the short term, this is kind of a slap on the wrist. You suspended the owner. You suspended the owner, and he doesn't play. He doesn't make decisions on based on the football team. He just hires the guys to hire the other guys to hire the players. So, like, the team is still looking good for this season, and that's kind of what what uh, that's kind of what he said. He he came out and he said, "Look, this we're gonna we're gonna move on from this." And not let this be a distraction because at the end of the day, our team is still intact and we, we're looking for a winning season here. That's kind of what they did. So in, in, the, in the interim, it's kind of a slap on the wrist, isn't it? Uh, that's, that's how I saw it. Like it, it hurt at first, but then when it sunk in, I was really like, the same team's going to show up for the first six weeks, whether Ross is there or Ross isn't there. So at the end of the day, it doesn't really affect how we're going to perform on the field for this season. Again, it could be for next season, um, especially seeing how Tua does. But as for this season, doesn't really change much if you really think about it. Yeah. So one final thought before we move on to Deshaun, the Deshaun Watson suspension. So this first round pick is lost. The third round pick is is another thing. It's it's a third round pick. It's an, it's kind of an early pick, but what happens to the first round pick? Because there's the top thirty two picks are always their first round picks. So does that go to somebody else? No, no, Whoever... it's just gone. Kind no, of. No, it's just like one gone. last pick yeah. in the draft. Okay, that that was that was some confusion there, because at that point, then the last pick in the second, or excuse me, the first round, the first pick in the second round is just a first round pick at that point, because it just goes in order of the the top thirty two picks. Those are those are really first round picks. It just has the label of second round pick. I mean that's the last pick in every round, or yeah, yeah the last. So I get the last pick or the first pick of every round is going to be the last pick of the prior round, and actually so that'll does, double once you get to the third round. So mm-hmm. does everybody kind of move up at that point now that do- the Dolphins are out of the out of the equation? I mean, technically, yeah, but like you don't get like the picks just gone. There is one less pick in that draft, but well, the pick is still there. Like it's the pick's not, still the, at it's number th- really at, not at number thirty-two. There is going to be a pick. It's just going and to be the second no, round. But there's one less pick in the draft. Is my point, and that yeah, thirty-second overall pick will will henceforth be the very last second round. 
Just look at spiritually, it's a first round pick, but contractually, it's different. Yeah, but essentially, well, yeah, yeah, you're you're right. There's there's the there's the contract issue to it as well because now the 32nd overall pick, the the 32nd overall pick, you don't have that player that team option to exercise for a fifth year, correct? And then after that, but other than that, it's base it's essentially a first round pick. No, in all yeah, well, I mean, in all ways except literal, yeah. Yes. I mean, I get what he's saying because it's the 32nd pick. So it technically, like, if the Dolphins hadn't messed up, it'd be somebody's first-round pick. But really, it's not because every team's still picking in some kind of order. So really, it just works out the same way it should. So the biggest winner right now is whoever owns the first pick of – whoever is whoever owns the first the first pick of the second round because now they're getting, they're getting, a, they, they're getting a better player because they're moving up. Now – they won't have that fifth-year option, but I'll take that if I get a better player, get a better better draft position. Yeah, but isn't everyone theoretically moving up one spot, so everyone's yeah, going to yeah. theoretically get a better draft position? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, but the biggest winner, I mean, you you have a first round, you have another first round pick essentially. The second, whoever owns the second, it, it, I'm just thinking out loud there, but we do. I mean, I get on. it. In, yeah. I mean, I, I get it. I disagree, but I get it. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm just saying the, the no, pick I, there. Is, all right. All right. Well, uh, Deshaun Watson has been suspended six games. We're going to touch on that and what it means for the Browns, what it means for Deshaun Watson. We'll hit on that next. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. I'm Adam Wright, Justin Tucker, CJ Medeiros, special guest Sean Howe. So we're going to touch on Deshaun Watson. So he has been suspended six games. So the ruling has been long awaited, and they took their sweet times on this. But it's finally here. And so, yeah, six games. And... We just want, I wanted to get your thoughts on it. So, Sean, why don't you start? What are you thinking of this? I mean, I think the suspension's obviously well deserved. I mean, plenty of evidence that points to what he did that actually happened. However, it seems kind of almost not enough. For, for the, we were kind of talking about this before the show a little bit. For, for how strong of like, like a crime of what he did outside of the fact, like the world of football. It doesn't seem like that much. It's less than half the season for something that's way bigger than the game itself. You know, you know. but deserved. That's how yeah. I look at it. Talk. Well, I got a lot to say about this. As far as the ruling, I don't understand it. 
I don't get it. I don't agree with it. I think he deserves at least a year. Not only because of what he did, the amount of times he did it, the risk he put on the NFL shield. That's the one thing that should have gotten him the year. Because the NFL has made it a point to not just disrespect the shield at any point in time, regardless of whether or not you're innocent. The fact that you put yourself in that position kind of harms the league no matter what you did or didn't do. So the fact that he found himself in that position, not once, not twice, not three times, but 24 times within the span of, I want to say, a year. And the fact that he only got six games and no fines, which would would have only amounted up to a, a million dollars, which is basically a slap on the wrist. And the fact that even if he did get fined, he'd still get guaranteed $45 million because of the contract the Cleveland Browns stupidly paid him. I still don't understand why they did that. But again, this is the times that we live in. When I look at that contract and I look at the player and, and I look at the individual, I believe he deserved a year if he's innocent. If he's guilty, I think he should be out of the NFL. Because regardless of how I feel or whatnot, that's 24 people. It's an alleged 66 within a 17-month span. To put that in perspective, if you divide the numbers, it's 3.84, which you will round up to four. That's one per week. 66 masseuses in in 17 months, one per week. That's inexcusable. That's irresponsible. That's egregious to me. And the fact that he was only given six games is not fair, considering the amount some other players got, like Big Ben Roethlisberger only got six games. Ezekiel Elliott got six games for an alleged offense that was cleared up in court, but he still had to serve those six games regardless. And then Josh Gordon got 25 plus games due to marijuana. So when I look at the offenses that were committed in comparison to him, and he got the same, even though he did a lot more, a lot more times, I kind of feel like he got away with something and he shouldn't have gotten away with this that easily. And the fact that we have to stay with this, it's unfortunate, especially to those women that had to go through what he put them through. All right. So, regardless, this is something where – what's up? Oh, I thought I was going next. Uh Oh, Oh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, sorry, CJ. I I wanted – you know how I am on the show. I wanted to make a joke about it, but I can't. No, 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 I can't. Hear me out. Deshaun Watson, to put it nicely, is a disgusting monster. And just – I 100% agree with Tucker. And, you know, the NFL, this just shows the blatant hypocrisy. All they do is say, oh, we care about women. Remember uh, a few years ago there was the No More commercial? Oh, yeah, we're taking a stand against abuse towards women. And yet you give this atrocious human being a six-game suspension? That's a slap on the wrist. I mean, keep in mind, this is the league. That literally was like tightening the noose around celebrations because they wanted to set a, quote, good example for the kids. And yet you have the Sean Watson who showed you can touch as many women as possible and just get slapped on the wrist. This is leagues of not okay. And I just, the fact that Judge Sue Robinson literally just said, oh, yeah, it was egregious. I'm just going to give him six games. What's going through her head? 
Like I, they just, I can't respect that punishment, and I can't expect like the NFL for just going, oh, okay. But there may be a silver lining. There are many anonymous legal sources and experts and stuff that are saying that the NFL might bow to the pressure placed upon them by darn near every other owner. Because keep in mind, most owners are pushing for a year-long suspension. And that the NFL might actually you know, bow to the wishes of the owners and appeal the suspension. They can appeal it and they can ask for something longer. And if I'm the NFL, don't delay. Do it now. You need to appeal for longer suspension now. Otherwise, you're just hypocrites. You are literally making a mockery of everything the the shield stands for. Like, you know, you, you can't even like take this lightly just because of how severe it is and how many times it happened. I just well, I'm sorry. I, I know I'm ranting, but if you're the NFL, don't con don't just consider appealing, appeal and appeal right away. Yeah. So I, I do have a big problem with the league being inconsistent with that, with their punishments, because like the, the only, the, the only way that you could look at this and I, I want to look at something else, another bit, another thing that happened with, with Calvin Ridley. So Ridley was suspended a whole season for betting, just betting. Now it was on his own team. So that is, that is fairly severe, but not but nearly, so, uh, but I'm sorry. But he wasn't even playing then. It's it's still, still it's it's a little, and plus I believe he was playing for some of it, mm. but like there you got a season for that, and this guy who was accused of assault by twenty five different women, or twenty four. I, I lost track at this point. It's an alleged 26, 24 were official. Twenty six, twenty four were official. That's just that's the biggest issue here. I mean, the the league is looking at the league. So a lot a lot of it's a lot of it is technically unproven. But if they're looking out, if they're if they're looking to avoid backlash, then you suspend this player for a year plus, at least, or don't even let allow him in the league, because I mean, like twenty four or twenty four confirmed. 24. That's a high likelihood that this all happened. That's an extremely high likelihood. And I, I just, I'm just speechless with the way, like, and you mentioned the no more, like they speak out against this stuff, but their, their actions don't exactly reflect their words. Not at all. Then the whole no more, no more this, no more that. Well, you just did a little more of this. So, the league, the league really needs to figure stuff out because it, it 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 appears that he he's only in the league because of money, because they want Deshaun Watson in the league. They know he's a superstar player, but like at some point you need to you need to have some integrity. It's a big problem. See, as I was you know as I was building on before, like you're saying, Calvin Ridley was suspended a year for gambling. Okay, that's an internal problem behind the shield that you can take care of. But something like this, like I was saying that's, before, that's, that's yeah, that's outside. That is above the NFL. Like that is a real world. Like that is a situation that needs to be handled even higher than that. Like a gambling thing, yeah, that's just a policy thing. You know, something uniform. Yeah, that's a league policy, policy thing. thing. 
That's a little, things yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. But but when it comes to something of this, you know, severity, it needs to be handled in such a different manner. Like it needs to be handled legally first. Like let's let's like suspend him, figure out what's going on at like outside of the shield. Like let's just what's going on in general. Then let's come back here because at this point he's only suspended six games. He assaulted 24 women. Let's look at the bigger picture here. Whether it's a six-game suspension, a year and a half, ten years, the bigger picture is he's getting suspended from being paid to play a game for something of this severity, and that's it. I, I think that's the bigger issue here. He's getting suspended from playing a game. That's it for something like this. It's really all it is. Well, yeah, we're, well, we're, we're speaking on that part. And well, this it's just not even – but the suspension that he got is – I mean, just look at the banner there. Six games. Six games. The Browns could wind up staying afloat in the playoff hunt, especially with the teams they're facing. We haven't even touched on the how the team's going to play. Yeah. And he can come back, and he could lead them to the playoffs. Because they have the easiest and, schedule, the number one easiest schedule, leading it to week seven. Either way, still six games. You could you can stay afloat with that, and like it, it's just the fact that they can still stay afloat without him, and then he comes back. He leads into the playoffs, deep playoff run. Woo! Here's Deshaun Watson. Here's Deshaun Watson, the hero. Deshaun Watson, this great person. He never has to pay for another meal in Cleveland again, and that and it, he just automatically gets he gets excused from all of this. And there's a lot of there was a lot of there's been a lot of people who look who look at the, the Antonio Brown issue. And then he came back. Antonio and Antonio Brown helped the team win a Super Bowl. And then it's oh, I'm just so glad that he this is such a redemption, such a such a redemption arc for him. It's great. You know, it, it's it's good to see that he turns things around. He won some football games, you know. You can still you can win football games, be good at your what you do, and still be a tool. And that's something that I don't I don't think people understand. Now that's all gone because he he then he he decided to strip down, and it, it turns out even when even and it turns out then when Antonio Brown somehow redeems himself, he still manages to screw it up. Not re, well redeem as as you, but like this suspension. Almost, almost helps him, in a way, because now he can come back. He can lead them to the playoffs, and every all the NFL fans are going to love him. And they're just, we're just, it's just going to be forgotten the fact that all of this has happened. We're neglecting the bigger picture for football, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Is what you're yeah. saying? Oh, and uh, Adam, right? Yeah, yeah, Adam. There's something else like I'd like to bring up. Yeah, real quick. I want to turn the cannon on the fans of the Cleveland Browns. I don't know if you've seen the videos, but when he's taking the practice field, there's cheers for him. Like there's audible cheering and they swarm to him after the practice saying, oh, Mr. Watson, can I have your autograph? What Cleveland fans, what, and I cannot stress this enough, what is wrong with you? You don't, and you know the thing is though, we all know the AFC North, right? No love lost. All they did was make jokes, you know, about Ben Roethlisberger and his own history of sexual misconduct. Ben Roethlisberger, who shouldn't even been in the league either. 
And now they turn around and just say, oh, we welcome the Sean Watts with open arms. And I know it's not all Browns fans, but the fact that they're still willing to flock to him and cheer for him, ask him for his autograph, just sickening. Next time you do that, kindly think about like the possibly 26 women that we know of that he assaulted. Yeah. Yep. Yep. My, my problem is the Browns knew of the situation. They probably didn't know how severe it was until it was too late. But they knew aware that he was still being charged for these things and that he was still going to be tried in the court of court of law and in the court of public opinion. They still gave this man a fully guaranteed contract. To put that in perspective, he will be fully guaranteed $46 million per year. The NFL can only take away a million because the other $45 million, at least in the first two years, is in the signing bonus. So they can't even take that away from him. So what the Cleveland Browns basically did was fully guarantee this man almost n over $90 million within the first two years. And somehow it gets worse. I never thought I'd feel bad for Baker, but in this situation, Baker Mayfield got done in dirty because they said they wanted more maturity at the quarterback at the quarterback position. And then they go and get the guy that's being charged, that was being alleged to have inappropriate behavior with 24 different women. And my thing is, if Deshaun claims he's innocent, and I respect him for claiming that. However, it's not just one, two, or three people. It's 24 that have an alleged thing. And we know that he's been on Instagram to find these people. So it's not like they start the conversation. It might be him starting the conversations. So I don't want to hear Deshaun Watson saying, He's done absolutely nothing wrong and then say, I can understand how people may feel a certain way about me. I find this to be an unfortunate situation. I find this to be disrespectful. I find the sentencing to be unfair. And I don't think it people understand how wrongful this sentencing truly is when you figure out that this, this is basically a slap on the wrist. And it in the short term, it doesn't really mess them up. In the long term, it sets them up for even greater success which is very unfortunate considering the amount of times he has done it and that he apparently has gotten away with it. So yeah. if I'm, if I'm the NFL, I should, I'm strongly considering re trying to figure out ways to get him more time from NFL owners. I want him to get a full year because of that stupid contract and how the, and the quarterback position is now looking forward to getting fully guaranteed contracts. That contract situation really set the tone for how NFL quarterbacks are going to get paid for the next five years, by far, because they're all going to be looking forward for fully guaranteed contracts, rock solid contracts. We can deal with the Kirk Cousins contracts, but Deshaun Watson's contract is virtually fully guaranteed so long as he plays. It's, it's just a very bad situation that Deshaun Watson was the guy that was the first one to get in a contract of this nature. That's, the main thing that needs to be taken away. And one thing I'd like to add one, um, one other angle to look at this. So technically, so because even though it is, it's 24 different cases of alleged assault, even if somehow it's not alleged and it turns out this actually, th this actually didn't, this somehow didn't happen. It's still, he, he did something to put himself in this position mm -hmm. in the first place, hung out with the wrong people and got involved with, 
you know, and this and that still makes the league look bad that you are getting getting put in, being put in that spot. So there's really there's really no excuse for it. Yeah, and let's just say he's innocent. The fact that he put the shield at risk, and the NFL has made it clear yeah. that you under That's no circumstances can put it at risk. Yeah, he needed to get a year just based off that. Whether or not he's innocent, the jury's still out on that. Even though he did settle all but one case for right now, which does seem to indicate some form of guilt, regardless if he's innocent or not, because you usually don't settle unless there is some foul play here. And there was some inappropriate touching going on. I don't think you can avoid that. So it's just a very bad situation all around. And I mean, I was just going to touch in with the, you were talking about settling cases. I feel like a lot of the time these cases also just settle because it's, it's a hard fight to fight already. Now you're going to go fight somebody who has more money than they know what to do with, who has the best legal team out there, and mm-hmm. you you think you're going to stand a chance in court. I mean, we're talking about it right now. People care more about the game of football than they do about what this guy's done behind closed doors. Like the Browns fans running up, oh, can we get your – like they care more about the fact that he's on their team, hopefully going to bring them somewhere, than who he is as a person. So they know – Settling it is the best case for them because it most likely won't get anywhere. And that's that's the sad thing. Yeah. When you yeah, think about it. Yeah. You are 100% right. And it's pretty much solely because he was a quarterback. Because he plays for their team, they're literally willing to look at him through rose-colored glasses. But if he was just some random guy, like some dude off the street who did this, they would be championing him to get life in prison. And all of those cases would have went to court mm-hmm. and wouldn't exactly. have been settled outside. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think we covered this fairly well. Um, great job with all the responses on this, guys. Uh, it is an unfortunate situation. Uh, we do have to move on. And we're going to get to our last scheduled segment for this summer. On our Tuesday episodes, at least, we still have fantasy football we're going to be covering on on Thursdays. But we're going to do our NFL honors predictions. So the MVPs, the comeback players of the years, the rookie of the years, all that stuff. Going to be a great segment. We'll get to that next. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast. I'm Adam Wright, Justin Tucker, CJ Medeiros, special guest Sean Howe. All right, guys, we are on to, as I said, our last scheduled segment as we inch so much closer to opening day of the NFL season. This Thursday is going to be our first preseason game, so everything is all – we're almost there, guys. We're We're almost through this summer. But we're going to get to our NFL honors predictions here. Um, so I'd like to go around the table. Let's just give, a, just quickly give who we want, who 
we predict to be to win this award, and then we'll discuss it. See who's is better. All right, Sean, we're gonna start with defensive rookie of the year. Who do you have? Uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden Hutchinson. Okay, talk. I had Jordan Davis. All right, CJ. Uh, Kyle Hamilton. I mean, Kyle Hamilton. I had Sauce Gardner. Too much sauce. <laughs> All right. Wait, so that's interesting. So, Tuck, you and CJ both picked. You guys both picked uh, Ravens, didn't you? No, Wait, no, no. You picked Jordan he, Davis. He's in Philly. Yeah. Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm, You're I'm right. You're right. I, I got it mixed up. So, Jordan Davis. Okay. So, a little interesting. All right. Offensive rookie of the year. Sean. Uh, I had Drake London. Drake London? Well, for me, I wanted to go quarterback, but seeing the unfortunate situation, which is the 2022 NFL quarterback visit rookie showcase, uh, not really good spots there. So I went with wide receiver. So I, I chose Drake London. You know, Adam, I too went wide receiver, but I said uh, Jameson Williams. Jameson Williams. That's an interesting one. And I probably would have picked him. But coming back from the ACL tear, I feel like he's the type of player who will break out next year. Perhaps. So I'm I'm going with Garrett Wilson. He's probably I would say he's in the best position to uh to succeed early. But that's fair. Yeah. I got yeah. Do we want to do a little? I, I this is this is this is too boring. I want to do a little bit of discussion. Then discuss I, your player. Just, what's up? Then discuss your player. Discuss how the Jets are going to use Garrett Wilson. Like they're going to be competent with him. Let let yeah, talk. Yeah, about yeah. It. I'm a I'm a Tucker. I mean, yes, we all love Zach Wilson for the memes, but memes are one thing. Play on the field. He's got that dog else. in him. Don't disrespect. Don't disrespect Zach Wilson. Now he's got that dog in him. Maybe in, maybe in his game with the ladies, but his game on the field last season was sorely lacking. It was lacking, and I and I think his play is going to be a little bit better. He has the abilities, and in order to in I think, look, regardless of whether or not get, uh, Zach Wilson's play translates into wins, if he's competent, just competent enough so that he can allow Garrett Wilson to show his best qualities and win Offensive Rookie of the Year, then I think he's going to get it. And I think Zach Wilson is capable of, play, of playing better. It, we, we always see with quarterbacks, it takes some time for them to, for them to improve, and I think, I think Zach Wilson's capable of it. Hmm. Oh yeah, I mean he, he could be truly capable, but unfortunately, it's the Jets we're talking about, and they always ruin competent quarterbacks. Just look at uh, Sam Darnold. Um, hmm. That's it is what it is. As much as I really like the Jets and what they did this offseason, I just can't trust them as a front office or as an organization as a whole. They'll probably not use Elijah Moore or Garrett Wilson the way they're supposed to. Probably handcuff Brees Hall to Michael Carter, Michael Carter or Michael Carter to Brees Hall. It's just a very unfortunate situation. I don't even know what's happening with their left tackle spot because Makai Becton might be allegedly out of shape. It's just, 
who's going to protect Zach Wilson? That's my main concern. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. It's fair. But All right. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you, no, you you can you continue. It's a it's a fair point. It's a fair point. It's we're we're predicting. I mean, I'm gonna look looking at my last year's offensive rookie of the year. It was well, it was Jamar Chase. That was my pick last year because I have it. So I have it in the notes section right next to uh, right next to last year's predictions, mm-hmm. and I had Jamar Chase. I'm pretty sure he did. Did he did he win it? Yes, yeah. he did. Yep, he won it. So that was that was correct. But my defensive rookie of the year, though. So this year it was it was it was Sauce Gardner. Last year, my prediction was Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, and I thought he would be a lot better because the uh, their linebacking core at the time was had a lot of question marks to it, and I thought if this kid is as good as as good as they say he is, he's really going his play is going to stick out. Turns out, I mean, he was good. He was all right, but not. Micah Parsons, who really won the offensive, the excuse me, defensive rookie of the year, good. Yeah. But I mean, these are just predictions. But mm-hmm. um, CJ, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say about uh, about uh, my guy Jameson Williams. Yeah. We have reason to believe that he actually might be healthy to start the season. And even though Jared Goff is his quarterback, he's like an amazing like speedster type of guy, and he really adds like this element of danger to the Lions' offense especially paired with uh, DJ Chark and Amon Ross St. Brown. He can't cover all of them, and they're all pretty fast guys. And uh, But Jamison Williams just, like, has it, you know? He, he's got he's got that speed. He's got good hands, and he could be, like, I'm not going to – I don't know, maybe like a Tyreek Hill type for the Lions. I'm not going to say he's going to become Tyreek Hill, but he could definitely, like, be that kind of player for Detroit. And, yeah, look, I, I really – Wide receiver, too. And not mm-hmm. get jammed. Look, I liked and look, I like Jamison Williams going into next year as well. But I just think he he it's gonna take him some time to get going during this season because he may not number one, he may not even be ready to play during that time. And number two, once he is ready to play, he still has to get back to full strength. So it, he might he might show flashes towards the end of the year, but he might it, I mean, I'm buying all the stock on Jamison Williams in next year, not uh, the year after. But I, I love the player. I thought he was the best player coming out of coming out of this draft. Hmm? So, hmm? best best wide receiver. I mean, oh okay, okay. that's, that's okay. <laughs> People are ready to go come at my throat. Um, yeah. Um, do we want do we want to talk more about offensive rookie of the year, or do we want to go on to our defensive player of the year? I would rather we move on. All right, we got, want to move on. All right, let's do a little bit. Let, I I want to do a little bit of explaining our picks because just saying it, I mean, I mean, people 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 want to hear why we have our picks. So, um, defensive player of the year, Sean, who's your guy? So I I went with uh, Micah Parsons, only because he should have won it last year. No, we should have. No, um, I agree with the TJ Watt pick, frankly. Yeah, uh, I deserved it. TJ Watt had a good season. If if he has a season like he had last season, I think he definitely will be in the running again. Obviously, so I I think it's going to be him personally. But. He'll need more than twelve sacks. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Tuck, who's your pick? All right. Uh, 
what's the arm picking, you know, the NFL 99, and I chose Aaron Donald. Beast. And I still think he'll maintain 12-plus sacks from the deep tackle spot, be unblockable as ever. Now that he has a ring, he can finally relax and just go full skelter and play just for fun. And isn't it, sorry. Hmm? No, I, I was going to, I was just going to say, isn't it crazy that he was considering retirement and then he signed that big, that big extension or it's not really an extension or is it? It's, it's sort of, he gets more money now. He wanted more money and they gave him more money. Yeah. So they, they gave him more money. So essentially guarantees that he's going, he's going to continue playing. Yeah, he was competent in retiring now that he actually has a Super Bowl. And once he got it, he doesn't need to play anymore. Yeah. Uh, but CJ. Uh, for me, I'm gonna I'm leaning toward Miles Garrett. So hear me out, right? TJ Watt won it last year, and Garrett knows this, and he knows the division rival. And that's gonna light a fire under Garrett. And a motivated Miles Garrett is not a Miles Garrett I want to see if I'm an offensive lineman. And uh, and you know that you know the Browns with their quarterback yeah. situation, uh, you know they might not they're not going to be you know that good on offense, but the defense should be as dangerous as ever. And I believe Jadavian Clowney resigned, right? Did we, I believe he? yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. and with that back, that's going to open up a lot of lanes for Garrett. All right, so my pick is T.J. Watt winning it back to back. Um, so what nobody was able to stop that guy. And that was with, he, he was already snubbed. He was already, well, you can at least make an argument that he was snubbed of defensive player of the year last year. So the league, all the, everyone around the league already knew how dominant TJ Watt really was, and he was still able to win it. So now looking at the offense, it's not looking quite as good. Not real. It's kind of the same. So, th this this defense is really going to have to put the whole team on its back, led by T.J. Watt. And if T.J. Watt's able to put up the same numbers he was last year, then I think he's got it. And in order to keep that team competitive, T.J. Watt's going to have to play, like play well. So I have T.J. Watt. I think he's going to win it again. And I, um, he's going to have to. Someone's going to have to prove otherwise that someone else is going to do it. But I understand the arguments for all for everyone else. Micah Parsons had an incredible rookie year, and Miles Garrett had an awesome year, and I and Aaron Donald, he's getting to the late stages of his career. He's going to start putting everything on the table, just laying it all out. So yeah. you can make a case for all of, for all of our picks. I would say. What's up yeah. next? All right, we want to go. So up next, now we have offensive player of the year. So Sean. Also, uh, I'll I'll go into this comment that we got from, I believe this is your mom, talking. Yeah, that's my mom. Sure. How do you how do you pronounce it, Sharice? Yes. Sharice Maynard said. Maynard. This was a great Maynard. episode. Maynard. Yeah. Maynard. Okay. Apologies. Um, this, this was a great episode. Well, not, I, I mean, with the length that we've gone. Yeah. Great episode. <laughs> great discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Good discussion guys. This is a good episode so far. Um, 
All right. So offensive player of the year, Sean. So I had uh, Cooper Cup down for this one only because after – so obviously he tore his uh, – was ACL two years ago. Um, so he had a rough few seasons. Then he had COVID. And after since then, he's kind of bounced out of it. Last year, he was just shy of 2,000 yards, uh, 1,947, um, with uh, 145 receptions. So honestly, I, I could see him popping off again. He did it last year. He was, I think, he was the top fantasy wide receiver. He was up there as one of them. So I could definitely see him having another like, um, what do you want to call it, standout year. Hmm. Interesting. All right. For me, I decided to go with second-year talent. I'm going with Jamar Chase for offensive rookie. I mean, offensive player of the year. I believe that he'll be the triple crown winner. And I believe what he'll – I just believe that he'll take a step forward with Joe, Joey Burrow and continue that connection that they have. And I think they'll take another step forward in that, even though they're not winning the division, not this year. Uh-uh, we're healthy this year. So bye-bye to winning that. But overall, I believe they'll still make the playoffs some way, somehow. And I believe that connection between those two players will be a main reason for that. That's why I think he'll win uh, Offensive Player of the Year. All right, CJ. Well, uh, oh, oh, Justin Tucker. It's uh, interesting that that you, that you mentioned Jamar Chase because actually it was LSU teammate Justin Jefferson. Now, now this guy right mm-hmm. here. Uh, I mean, look, look at him last season. Had 108 catches, 1,616 yards, averaging 15 yards a catch and 10 touchdowns. The sky's limit for this guy, and I truly believe, as Thielen ages, like and like more attention's put on him, he's only going to get better. And I honestly think he's going to win the triple crown next year. All right. Um, so we got another comment, also from your mom, Justin. Yeah. And she said, Adam actually pronounced my last name properly. Ha. You just showed that just to say you're right, Adam. Was this your best one? Well, we show all the comments just to show our our appreciation to all of our listeners. And while I happen to be Justin's mom, I am also a huge, all caps, huge football fan. Go Philly in parentheses. And as a data person, I love the stats. This is disgusting yeah. behavior. I'm, I'm not even <laughs> going to answer the question. That, continue. All continue. right. Well, um, so I'm, I'm let that go. My, offensive, my offensive player of the year prediction is Jonathan Taylor. The running backs always seem to put up all the – put up the statistics to be able to do it. And this guy is going to be a big-time workhorse. And it's not like a it's not like a Christian McCaffrey situation where he had an extremely large workload last this past year and then he fell apart. This is this is this is Christian McCaffrey going into his for going into that year. Because if you remember, Christian McCaffrey had that breakout year, but before that he was good about like half like some so maybe like a quarter to like halfway through. I believe it was I believe it was 2019, no, 20, 2018, where he start he really started to hit his stride 
And then he started to get the large workload. And then the year after that, he had that breakout monster year. That's kind of what that's kind of what uh, Jonathan Taylor had this past year. He kind of had a little bit of a slow start to start the se- last season, but then he started to get going. So he has a lot left in the tank. So I think this year is going to be a huge year for Jonathan Taylor. He's going to be the slam dunk number one pick in fantasy, and I think this is one of the few times where I think it's actually going to be worth it. So Jonathan Taylor, he's my offensive player of the year. That's a good pick, Adam. And Jonathan Taylor will be a stud next year with a better quarterback, I believe, in Matt Ryan. The offensive line is the same. The pieces around him are the same. Uh, the defense is basically the same. Yeah, I, it's make or break year for Indianapolis, I believe. Jonathan Taylor would be a big reason why. Yeah, I think that's going to be a big year for him. All right, guys. Well, coach of the year. What are our picks? Sean. It's going to be a little biased. Oh, really? A little biased. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, listen. Let's hear me out. He's coming into Miami after all the you know, all the stuff that happened with Brian Flores, as we've already discussed, being paid the tank, all that nonsense, all behind him. And we saw what Flores was able to do in Miami. I truly believe if this Miami team lives up to the hype, especially with Tyreek Hill coming in, that Mike McDaniels could do some special things. They, it was actually a thing I was reading the other day, how he moved Waddle uh, from where Flores is running him in the slots. And it was like moving him out, trying to use his speed. Like he's already trying to make those moves and those little tiny changes that are going to make us better. So I really think that we're going to see a note, if we see a noticeable difference, which I mean, I hope we do from last year's dolphins to this year's dolphins, that he could be up for that. It's possible. All right. Talk. I'm not going to prove that. I'm not going to lie. Mine is biased. Cause if you think I'm picking another coach, no, mine is John Harbaugh. Let's go. I told, y'all, I told you I was doing it because t- he's the why because he's going to lead our team to the number one seed in the AFC, which will basically guarantee him the coach of the year. I believe. Oh, will he now? Will he now? Yeah. He went from Apparently. eight and nine, I believe we'll finish like 12 and five, 13 and four. Yeah. Is this like the dream that you live every day? It's not. It's going to be the reality. Also, some Cowboys fan DNA in him with Will Zorier. All right, let's hear what you got then, CJ. All right. You know something? I could have gone with John Harbaugh, who with his brother Jim is like one half a dumb and dumber. But I'm going with the Chargers head coach, Brandon Staley. Dude just has too many weapons not to fail. You were this close to the playoffs last year, and you didn't make it. And that's got a lot of fire under him. Justin Herbert knows it, too. The defense has been revamped. Herbert's got weapons galore to throw to. And the Chargers might literally take the division from Patrick Mahomes. not saying they will. I said they might. And honestly, Brandon Staley, if they go to the playoffs, is getting coach of the year. Uh, talk do you like this so we got a comment i'll i'll read it uh he says john harbaugh hasn't upgraded his game plan in years whoever and whoever wrote that please please comment your actual name because you know because it says it's wrong yeah 
You must have been drunk when you said that statement. Yeah, let's let's continue. On. No drunk on the truth, perhaps. Drunk on the truth is not. Are you enough. kidding me? He only moved his game plan for one season to accommodate Lamar, and now now he's like now he's like back to what he was. No, you know, he's, maybe he's maybe the offense would be a little more effective if he got rid of all the checkdowns. Again, I believe I blame that more so on Greg Roman, not for not. Well, we'll see this year, won't we? So he said, "My real name is drunk." What's your What's your last name? Probably also drunk. Can... All the time. <laughs> Just, it, really? It's It's all It's all jokes. Drunk, but it's It's a joke, buddy. You we, know, uh, it's like we, we nothing but love on this show. Yeah, yeah, I we, we appreciate your comments. I agree with you. John Har- Harbaugh hasn't upgraded his game plan in years. He speaks the truth. Um, all All jokes, except when it comes to Justin's um, dreams and hopes. <laughs> Look, you chose Mike McDaniel. You have two as your quarterback. Pipe down. Let's, look, let's not go there. So, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. All right. So, look. Wait. Hold, okay. My last. Okay. What a guy. All right. I we I I like it. It's funny. All right. So guys, my pick is Kevin O'Connell. So mm-hmm. O'Connell is a guy. He was he's been a lot of around a lot of great offensive minds. And most recently he was around he was around Sean McVay, whose offense was high powered enough so that they were excuse me, and and very balanced as well. And they were able they were able to win a Super Bowl. And they yes, they had the tools to do it, but to an extent, so do the Vikings to at least turn around their play. Because as much as I like to trash on Kirk Cousins, he is a pretty functional quarterback with the with the capability to lead a team to the playoffs. And to be honest, this team, this, these Vikings teams over the past few years have been underperforming dramatically. And they need and they need they needed a change in game plan because they have the pieces around them. They have their Cooper Cup in Justin Jefferson, who can play that role of being that wide receiver who they go to who who's the go-to guy. They also have Adam Thielen. They have a very capable running back in Dalvin Cook. And you know who who's also very capable is Alexander Madison. If Dalvin Cook decides that his his body is actually made of glass chandelier parts. But Alexander Madison can step in and still play well. And so looking at all of these things, they worked on their defense. Their division rival, their division rival has also gotten much weaker in the Green Bay Packers. So looking at all of that, like that's prime, that's prime position to win coach of the year. So I think Kevin O'Connell. His rookie year as head coach, he's going to light it up, man. It's going to be great. So, all right. So, drunk. So, his, his full name being drunk all the time. I, I, I would like to know your your actual full name. If you're, if well, you're not, apparently it's drunk all the time, Adam. What part don't you get? All right. Listen, I think, I think you're all naming coaches who will win coach of the year, and I'm going. Okay. Yeah, we are. We are naming. Um, and he's going. No, no, no. Did you? With he Josh McDaniels, Mike McDaniels, Mike McDaniels. Okay, he's going to be, bring the best out of Hawaiian Josh Rosen. 
this 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 man is is three for three in my book right now. That's all I have to say. Funny. He's got Funny. jokes. I'll say that much. Yeah. He's three. I'll say three. that much. If you're not if you're not already subscribed, please subscribe so that we could get comments like this. This is hilarious. All right. Um. So moving on, comeback player of the year. Let's go around the table, Sean. Derek Henry. I feel like I feel like that's yeah pretty common that people are gonna guess, but for obvious reasons. But Derek Henry obviously had a good season two years ago. Last year didn't go the way he wanted. Let's see if he comes back out hitting like a bus. All right, yeah. talk. I was trying to figure out who also got injured last year, but not a lot of names were coming to my head at the time, so I also went with Derek Henry. Let's not forget when he first went down, he almost had a thousand yards and um still finished as like a top ten leading rusher in the league. So it's not like he was a scrub at all. So when he comes back fully healthy, I fully expect him to take back the leading rusher crown in the NFL. All right. CJ. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear yeah. you. I was unplugged for a second. So uh, this is awkward. I'm also going with Derrick Henry. And for all the reasons that you guys said. All right. Um, He doesn't count. He said, yeah, he doesn't – he did come back. But I wonder wonder the logistics of comeback player of the year. Do you have to be gone? Because still working on coming back from an Achilles tear, those are technically – those are technic those are basically death sentences to running backs careers. I mean, you go yeah. down the list, most of them are out of the league in a couple of years. In fact, I'm pretty sure all of them are out of the league or or are about to be or only or were not nearly were a shell of their former selves. So, I mean, maybe it wouldn't count, but if Cam Akers is able to pan out next year, that would be pretty damn impressive because it's never happened before. It's Actually, impressive. Go down, go down the list. Counts. Go down the list. It's Achilles tears. They players do not last in the league after that. But um, my pick is Travis Etienne. So Etienne, he didn't get to play a regular season game. For um, we got another comment, and this one's pretty funny as well. Um, so he didn't play for he didn't get to play at all, and now he's coming back. <laughs> and on top of that, we talked about Achilles tears, death sentences to players' careers. I really hope I, – I sure hope not. I hope Cam Akers will end up being okay. But also James Robinson tore his Achilles. Now, again, I hope he's all right, but odds odds are, are dramatically stacked against him. So looking at that, his, his competition's gone. He, they have an improved offensive line, and – this kid, ETN, very explosive, has all the talent in the world to 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 pull it off. So ETN, I I think that's going to be my pick, and I like him from a fantasy football perspective as well. So I'm going to go with Travis ETN on that one. Yeah, we do need a variety of names, and he did get injured, and he didn't even get to play his rookie season. So I guess this would be his rookie snaps, even though he's not a rookie anymore. And since everybody went with Derrick Henry, I'll address that real quick. If he's able to get back to his old self, and I'm very much, I, I very much believe he can. The issue is, 
I mean, you can understand how he's gotten or how he's gotten injured because he he gets carries. He gets carries like there's no tomorrow. And usually when running backs become that, when they get that massive working workload, they're able to succeed at first, but after that first season of it, which was that 2000 yard season, mm-hmm. they start to they start to taper off and they they're not nearly as good. So it's just that he gets such a big workload. I don't and now now all on on top of that they're they're passing the passing game of the Titans is not that good so we can't even they can't even get the pressure off of Derrick Henry. So it's just going to be more of it. So that that's kind of why it's I just have a tough time picking Derrick Henry. I did have a tough time picking anyone because it was hard to find guys who got who got hurt who could come back and um and have a great year but I pick I'm going to pick ETN on this one. So does Brady count? He did retire. All right. And then he said, I think it should. Yeah. I think he was, but I think, uh, I think, but I think drunk. So, uh, so Jeff Madero said, does Brady count? He did retire. Drunk said, I think it should count. I think he was talking about Cam Akers. I hope so. Or he was talking about, but then he said, how can you win comeback player of the year? When he was never established as a player, talking about ET, oh, like as an ETN. Yeah, that's well, that's what. I, well, he was established as a draw, a draft player, a draft prospect, but I mean, well, what what's the so like what are the what are the guidelines to winning a winning a comeback player of the year? Because he didn't get to play at all, and then he comes back in his in his in his sophomore year. And then he comes back and is okay. Wait, so yeah, yeah. But I was he was talking about that. So yeah, I I don't know. I I like ETN, and I don't know. I think I'm pretty sure that does count, right? And he didn't get to play a snap. And then you and then you come back from an injury going into your first year, first actual year in the league. I'd say that's pretty tough to come back from. I agree. He has all the talent in the world. I think he means like he wasn't established, like he wasn't like a big time player for him before the injury. So, right, I, yeah. But still, I think he does have a valid case for it because he still was a good running back in college. All right, um, we're gonna get to our last one, and then we need to get to our fan box because this episode's running fairly long. So MVPs, let's just go around the table. I don't even think we – because when we pick our MVPs, man, we don't need that much of an explanation. No. Um, unless you want to say a couple words. MVPs, Sean, go. So the, I just want to say, Priyat, this was before the thing came out with his elbow injury that it was having at uh, Camp Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, okay. Tuck? I went with Josh Allen. Okay. CJ. I'm rolling with Tom Brady. All right. Oh, man. Tom Brady. That finish line in crutches. At least I wanted he's to pick running him. back. Look, I wanted to pick him so bad, and I probably would have if it weren't for, Ryan, for center Ryan Jensen going down with an injury. But I'm going to go with Matt Stafford. That team has a great roster around them, and – Offen- the <laughs> offensive line looks fine. Their 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 passing corpse looks improved, but it's just I I'm gonna I it's gonna it's it, I think it's gonna be him. 
And the only he has to whittle down the interceptions. But I think in being in year two on a new team, drum roll, Carson Wentz, aka Prince Harry, uh, MVP. That was from the same comment. Um. So like the the interceptions do need to go down. And he's been putting up the touch. He put up the touchdowns, and I think he can get more. And I think he can whittle whittle down the picks a lot more because he's going into year two. the The playbook should run smoother for him because he's he's now more familiar with the playbook, and he has better off. He has a better better number two weapon in Allen Robinson. So I so I like him. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. Um. So I think that's that's about it. Yep. Uh. So next we're going to move on to our Fumbleruski fan box. So with every with every segment that we do, at least the planned segments, we've done something to on the fan box to kind of get the get our get our listeners involved. So what is your dark horse MVP candidate? We'll ask you that next on the fan box. You are listening to the Fumbleruski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumbleruski podcast. I'm Adam Wright, Justin Tucker, CJ Madero, special guest Sean Howe. And we have reached the end of our show, and that means we are on to the, fan, the Fumbleruski fan box. So we post a question filter on our Instagram page every Monday, and you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more, and we will discuss it and give you a shout-out on our podcast. Respond to next week's fan box question to be featured on our show. So the question of the week was, who is a Dark Horse MVP candidate this season? And for our picks, we're going to start with the top. So our first response was, so we'll go to see all. Let's get all the, so Grayson Mortimer said Justin Justin Herbert or Derek Carr. So Derek Carr, the, the, here's the issue, and we're going to get a lot of, we're, we have we did get a lot of Justin Herberts. Justin Herbert is a great pick to win the MVP. He has a great team around him. It's just that I don't think he's – he's just not a dark horse, isn't he? Because a lot of people could pick him as a, as, a, as a guy to win it. He's a young quarterback. He's a gunslinger. He has something to prove. He has a great team around him. Team has a chip on its shoulder. I, don't, I just don't think he's – I just don't think he's a, he's a dark horse team. Or excuse me, a dark a dark horse. It depends on what you mean on what a dark horse is. It's, do, you think Josh, do you think Justin Herbert is like the lead guy in the lead to win MVP? If you think he is, then no, he's not a dark horse. But if you think he's like second, third, or fourth, yeah, he can be a dark horse. See, I think dark horse is that one guy that who you're not thinking about in your top three. 
you know, because because there's a lot of candidates you could think of, but isn't that more like sometimes a underdog gun? Or is it I a think dark horse? Isn't it? That yeah. kind of just goes hand in hand, doesn't it? I would just say someone was like outside of the top three, basically. But Derek Carr is a good pick. Derek Carr is I, I like that because that's a I mean it's a definition of a dark horse I would say because you don't think about him at first but then when you think about it it's a possibility Devonte Adams Hunter Renfro um, a functional offensive line I'll say Darren Waller a functional running game uh, a functional defense he'd just have to elevate his play and he ha- he did in 2016 so. I mean, we know he has it in him. He just has to get it back. Uh, Tyson Tate said, if there is any running back that rushes over 2,000 yards. So perhaps it's tough. It's tough for running backs, but it's possible. It it just depends. Also, there's a lot of things that have to go right. I feel like you need to, your, your team really needs, your team really needs to actually, you know, be. They need to be in the mix. Like I think if the Colts make the AFC Championship and he have two has two thousand yards and like twenty touchdowns, I think he's got it. Also depends on the competition. Like if if Tom Brady or Matthew Stafford throws for fifty touchdown passes, forget it. They're getting they're getting the MVP because it's a quarterback driven award. But a lot of a lot has to go right for him. All right, CJ, you can explain this pick. Matthew Stafford. It's just, I don't know. A lot of people cite Super Bowl hangover, but I'm just not hearing a lot of people say Stafford other than you, Adam. Like, I mean, and I'm not, and I'm going to be blatantly honest. Everyone's like, oh, maybe Aaron Rodgers three peats. Oh, and I said, oh, Tom Brady. So a lot of people are saying Josh Allen. And, you know, there's some Herberts thrown in there, Mahomes perhaps, but a lot of people don't talk about Matt Stafford, the guy that just won the Super Bowl. And therefore, he is a dark horse. Not to mention yeah. the offense around him actually got better. Yeah, the offense did get better. I, I like him. I like him. I, I like him. Um, Nosebleed Baseball said, call me crazy, but Kirk Cousins is going to have a year. And he said in all caps, a year. With that new offense. So, like I said, I've talked, we t- I talked about him before, Kevin O'Connell, the new head coach. As kind of the, he's basically all of the new offense. Look, they have a good offense, just they haven't been able to utilize it correctly, and and Kirk Cousins kind of melts down in big moments, so they that that offense might improve a lot, but to the point where their quarterback wins league MVP, that's tough. That's tough, especially when it's Kirk, especially when it's Kirk Cousins. And I, I did warn you guys earlier in the episode. I trash on Kirk Cousins a lot, but mm-hmm. I mean, I do like. I just, I just, t- I just tell him for what he is. I like him for what he is. He's not. You don't appreciate him like I do. You don't appreciate him like I try to tell you to. I just tell him like he is. He's <laughs> he's a, he's not an elite quarterback. He's a very good, serviceable quarterback who can win regular season games if he's put in the right position, but. If he's on a big stage, he'll he'll melt. That's all. That's all. And he that's that doesn't mean he doesn't deserve to be paid. He deserves to be paid. Very fun, functional NFL quarterback. Not many people get to say that in this world. So you made the NFL. Good for you. You made some money too. Good for you. Good stuff. Um. All right. So Cash Withers. So this 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 kid responds to a lot of our fan boxes. 
And he responds in like big hordes of responses. So we gave three. One was Derek Carr. Another was C.D. Lamb. And another was Justin Herbert. So we touched on Justin Herbert and, C- and Derek Carr. C.D. Lamb. Adam, may I? May I? No, he, did say, he did say he was a Cowboys fan. I've talked to him over that, DM. Why, why, why would look, he? Look, if, if I may, a wide receiver has never won the MVP in the history of the NFL. And if that were to change this year, your pick is C.D. Lamb for some reason. He's not even top five. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I respect the bold take, but yeah, I'm gonna have to give that a hard pass. I don't respect it. It's coming from a Cowboys fan. What are we doing look, here? Look. Yeah, just like some people pick uh, John Harbaugh for Coach of the Year, but that's neither here nor there. That's reasonable. This is not yeah, reasonable not. at all. No, it is I not. not have, look, I might not have C.D. Lamb winning league MVP, but after this year, I do have him being a top five, a top five wide receiver. Perhaps I think I think I I think this kid has a world of talent, and him and Dak Prescott have have only been building their rapport more and more over the years, and now no Amari Cooper, all those targets that Cooper got are going to be distributed among, amongst the offense, and you better believe the vast majority of those of those targets are going to go to Ceedee Lamb because he's now their number one wide receiver, so he's going to be a he's going to have a huge year, man, uh, and pick him in fantasy too. Um, all right. So Robert Shelley said it always goes to a quarterback. So Kirk and he said effing cousins. All right. We've touched on this. We already touched on this guy. So yeah. yeah. Steven Parker said Joe Burrow is my MVP, but I would say Russell Wilson. So Joe Burrow's in it. Do, do we, t- is he a dark horse or is he not? Uh, because Perhaps I view him as of course. I, he could I could easily see him taking it with that offense, and now it has a good offensive line in again, year two with all these players. I don't think of him as like the front runner of it. I think of like Mahomes. Yeah. I think of Allen. I think of Tom Brady before I think of Joe Burrow. I, I would yeah, have that doesn't say much. Tom Brady. I mean, that's Tom Brady, man. All right, but he, that doesn't mean oh, all right. You can All right, but Russell, Russell Wilson. Let's touch on Russell Wilson real quick. Russell Wilson. That is a that is a good that's a good one because very good roster around him. All they needed was a quarterback. Now they have it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. They're gonna that. I think that Broncos offense is gonna have a good year. Uh, Diego Huertas said Mac Jones. I wish, man. I wish. Same. Just. And I, it, I do believe Bill Belichick when he said he's improved. Just uh, there's also been reports that the offense has looked awful this uh, during training camp. <laughs> I, I, I did some digging. That's literally because of the defense. Yeah, but I mean, we we have, the no pads team. haven't even come on yet, right? Uh, we've had pads come. Yeah, on. yeah, they have. All right, all right, pads, 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 pads have a second on. padded practice. But this isn't that good of a defense. It's just not that good of a defense. I believe so it's tough. If you're losing to that defense, it's ah, oh, I, I it, like the Patriots defense. It's all right. I like my Patriots defense, and I'm a Patriots fan. So don't Patriots fans, please don't come at me because I'm a Patriots fan. I'm just trying to be realistic. This defense, they probably will. And CJ, CJ looks like he's about to be at my throat. Wait, what? Uh, I said, I said you look like you're about to go at my throat. Probably not. 
Um, yeah. Look, I just this isn't that great of a defense, and yeah, the offense. And if you look at their offensive coordinator situation, it looks like the issue isn't Mac Jones. The issue is the how the offense is being run. They're a, a guy who's been a career defensive coordinator in Matt Patricia and a guy who's been, I mean, I guess you could call this almost offense, but Joe Judge, both guys who are failed head coaches and also – they're not they're not even really offense. So that's a that's a tough one for me. It's it's just it's tough. I, I see Mac Jones panning out maybe sometime down the down the road, but it, it's tough for me. Um all right. Um so Brady Brady Etherton said Jalen Hurts. So I mean if Jalen Hurts if Jalen Hurts pans out, then yeah. And if he if it turns out he can't play then yeah. But like it all de- it all I mean it sounds stupid but I mean it de- it all depends on how he plays because the offense around him looks great. It'll depend on that and the coaching. All right. Um uh, uh Zachary Stilson said Lamar Jackson the man is going to wake the people up. <laughs> Tuck, I think you're going to like that one. I am going to like it. I don't think he'll win it, but I like it. Said it now. It's a it's a possibility, but I, I mean, mean he's a former he's MVP, not, so it is a possibility. I just don't think he'll win it this year. But he needs a lot. Right. He needs a lot to go right for him in order for them to do it. But um, we we want to get through these. Uh, Justin uh, Nate Merowitz is that Merowitz? I think it is Merowitz. Justin Herbert. We already covered that one. Um, Patrick Williver said Derek Carr. Covered that one. Covered. Both good picks. I like it. Thanks for the response. Uh, just we've already covered it, um, and uh, we don't want to get too repetitive. Your boy Ian, so Ian Muller, Ian Mullern, our favorite Panthers fan, said Derek Henry. Uh, look, like I said, if a run for a running back to to win it, it a lot has to go right. Even if Derek Henry does manage to 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 come all the way back and come back and conquer this injury. But uh, Jack Robb, who is a Browns fan, if that, if that somewhat explains what he's about to pick, but Nick Chubb. So for running back, I, I like Nick Chubb. I do. I really like Nick Chubb, but for a running back to win it, it would have to be Derek Henry or Jonathan Taylor, wouldn't it? Or maybe yeah, Dalvin Cook. more likely because he he is kind of handcuffed to Kareem Hunt, so I don't see him likely winning it unless Kareem Hunt gets hurt. He wouldn't get it. Yeah, he wouldn't get the opportunities to do it. Um, he said. So Derek Hool said, "Russ gonna cook." Russ, yeah. as in Russell Wilson, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he is going to cook, as we said, uh, and then uh, I think this is. Eli Turner, I think he's 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 a new responder. Russell Wilson, so another Russell another Russell fan, and then Nick uh, Nick Norman responded, kind of agreeing to CJ's pick and Matt Stafford, saying I agree with Matt Stafford. He's got a hell of a core, great offense around them. I like that pick. Jake Breely, and I, I believe that's how it's how it's pronounced. Let me know if I if I have it wrong. Said Justin Herbert. So again, already covered it, but thanks for the response. 
Thanks for the response. Uh, Landon Weber said Josh Allen. All right. Yeah. Just like, I don't, I don't, another guy who I don't think is really a dark horse. Like I could see him winning it. That's a good pick. But if we're looking at the guys who you don't think of at first, I mean, Josh Allen, man, good offense around him. He loves it in, in Buffalo. He's comfortable and he's really starting to hit his stride. I like Josh Allen. Here's a, here's a definition of a dark horse. Uh, I think rocket, uh, rocket Rico. I think Enrico, something, something like that. He goes to D, he don't, he goes to Dean college. Um, I believe he's on the D, Dean football team. Trey Lance. I like that one. That's if it turns bold. out he can play all the That's offense around him. That's he has everything he needs. Good offensive line, good offensive talent, good defense behind him. I like it. I like everything about it. And honestly, I, I kind of like Trey Lance. I think, I think he'll do all right. He has all the abilities, so if it turns out he can play, then CJ, you're not going to like like it. But the sky's the limit for him if he can actually play. With I the mean, I, I've said that. I just I'm just not a fan base, and we've been hearing out of camp. But you know, I'm rooting for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Co- Kozak Patrick said Tua, another guy kind of like no, Hurts, or as or as uh, what it, what's his name in the who's been in the. Uh, <laughs> No, Sean, I'm not letting you have this one. Just Hawaiian like Josh Rosen. Let me Hawaiian Josh Rosen. All right. Um, so Landon Weber had another response. He said, Matt Ryan. So if he – yeah, maybe – Maybe I don't think he has the talent around him, but he'll he'll have a probably his best year since that MVP season. Maybe I think I think the change of scenery will certainly help, and he has pieces. Um, Tyson Tate said, "By popular answer, you mean Kirk Cousins?" I don't know what he I don't I don't know what he meant by by popular answer, but he's a Vikings fan, so I think he was really hyped to see that people were picking Kirk Cousins, but we already covered it again. So yeah, I, I don't know. He'll have a good year, but I don't know. Um, John Warren said Kirk baby. So we already covered that one, but thanks for the response. Um, so yeah, you guys will all get, all get shout outs. And this is, this was a good list. This was the biggest turnout we've had for responses. 26 responses, 26. That's the highest we've had by a mile. So I love the participation here by you guys. Thank you so much for all of the engagement you guys give. We couldn't do it without you guys. And we wouldn't be driven to without you guys either. Uh, but draw, uh, this our buddy here in the comment section has been going off a little bit. So first he said, this is a great stream, sports stream, fellas. Appreciate it, dude. Uh, yeah, we, we got uh, – and then he said, okay, Carson Wentz was a joke. My real MVP choice is Josh Allen. My dark horse is Jameis Winston. Ooh, jo- Jameis Winston. That's an interesting I like that I, one. I kind of like yeah, that Yeah, I do too. I, I like that one. I see. He said, I honestly feel like Jameis is going to have an amazing season. I do too. I agree. Michael Thomas, Lan- uh, Landry, Olave, Jameis got everything he needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. Turn, just he just needs to prove that he can play. Maybe that LASIK surgery will actually turn out to work for him, so that he can have that 
30-30 vision in the right way this time, not <laughs> oh not God. by throwing 30 picks and 30 touchdowns. Uh, he said. Then he said, "Bro, do you mind?" This was right when I finished all all the responses. All right, well, uh, so that's all our responses. You guys have any thoughts before we end the show here? No, I'm good. All right. Nope. All right, guys. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Be sure to tune in to us live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 730 on Twitter and Facebook through Fans Only Sports Network. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you next week over and out.